stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. All right, this next story, I mean, it, it bothers me. We, we got to do something, I think. And I think we, we owe it to this animal, this bear, this black bear, young black bear near Cochrane that's clearly suffering. Uh, the bear has suffered some kind of uh, lingering injury. We, we think it was hit by a vehicle, although we aren't totally sure. But we do know that the bear is injured and likely in pain. So this is a, a very young black bear. Uh, we don't know if this bear is going to be able to, to make it through the winter. Uh, we don't know how much it's suffering. But it's having a difficult time right now finding food, putting on weight, and obviously then finding a place to, to hibernate for the winter. So right now, the uh, line from the uh, Alberta government, and this is their responsibility, is we're not going to intervene. But that's not acceptable to a lot of people. I mean, look, if if we're not going to intervene, then let's put the animal down. What are we trying to accomplish here? Someone should go in and, and shoot the bear and put it out of its misery if helping it is not on the table. But why shouldn't it be on the table? What's the harm from helping this animal? And I think there are those who are in a position to help. And unfortunately, that that doesn't include uh, some of the well-intentioned citizens who have seen this bear driven by it and uh, out of this feeling of empathy that they're leaving food for the bear. That's not the best way to help this bear. So our next guest has some strong views on how best to deal with this situation. And I think that starts with uh, the average individual kind of staying out of it. Uh, Lisa Dahlside is a part-time naturalist uh, with the Weaselhead Glenmore Park Preservation Society and is also education director with the Cochrane Ecological Institute. Lisa, so great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Okay, so what, what do we know as of today about the, the, the state of this bear, how the bear's doing? Um, he is definitely not well. He has improved, though, in his condition quite significantly. Um, initially, when he was first uh, found, uh, reported, he was he was barely uh, moving across the landscape, staying in one spot, and extremely extremely underweight and no undercoat. His uh, condition has improved. He's gained weight quite a lot in the last two weeks, specifically, as well as increased some of his undercoat. But with wildlife such as bears, if they're in severe or chronic pain, they will look ungroomed, and he looks ungroomed. They'll behave markedly different from normal, and definitely sitting in one field all the time is different than normal behavior. And if there's pain in one limb, they're going to limp or hold it up, which he is doing. And as well, he's um, licking the the limb quite a lot. So that indicates uh, localized pain, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's what, what's captivated, so, you know, so many members of the public is that it, it seems as though this bear is suffering. The idea of uh, a suffering animal and nobody doing anything about it, you know, that, that's tough for a lot of people to accept. It definitely is. We have people that are driving by every day, hundreds of them, and they're empathetic and they want to do their best and they want to help him. I really, though, his fate is in the hands of Minister Shannon Phillips. She's our environment and um, Alberta Environment and Parks Minister, and her decision is uh, is critical in this situation. She can make or break uh, the life of this bear. Well, let's talk about that for a second, because as you say, I mean, they, they, obviously this is provincial responsibility. In terms of how they've communicated this situation, responded to this situation, uh, do, do you have concerns? 
I definitely have concerns. I do forgive them, however, because I know that their best interest is for um, the animal as well, is for this bear too. And when they were initially making decisions, they were making these decisions based on never even seeing the bear. These individuals are up in Edmonton, Shannon Phillips is down in Lethbridge. And uh, so they were going on um, information just by looking at pictures of him that had been on the internet and some videos. And and just like I agree, I think being wild is the best best outcome for any wild animal. And so that's what their decisions started off being. They were hopeful that he would recover on his own and, and that he could live a life of being wild. However, by not seeing him and not realizing the extreme... Um, situation of of how injured he actually is and nobody knows because no vet has had permission to assess him we don't know what the injury is um he's just he's not completely healing from it and so their decision i feel was the wrong decision i feel that they should have issued a temporary shelter permit back at the end of september to a wildlife rehab facility to rescue release and then eventually have him back in the in the wild so he could be a wild healthy bear but the failure to do that has now has now created a situation where this bear is becoming conditioned to human food. He's becoming conditioned to humans coming around all the time, taking his picture. People have tried to catch him. Uh, The the ban on on wildlife rehab for bears creates this this situation with empathetic individuals where they think they are going to be the ones then that will rehabilitate the animals. And people are trying to catch him, and, and I don't know what they're going to do with him. But I really feel that that should be in the hands of experts who are operating under permit. So, um, so definitely policies need to change so that this doesn't ever happen again. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thought that someone's going to take this home and make 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 it a pet. I mean, that's that's obviously not not the outcome we want here. Um, no. So, in terms of then the food that's being left out for him, there was apparently now someone left a, an animal carcass there. For the bear to yeah, eat? there's there's a big uh, buck, a deer that was oh. uh, left out for him. Uh, Fish and Wildlife did collect it, but the deer was there for for um, oh I don't know it was probably there for 15 hours or so. So it did provide him with quite a good meal. Um, and then there's also since Halloween there's been quite a lot of pumpkins that have been uh, tossed over the fence as well. And one of our issues with that is well, first off, leaving an animal carcass. Bears are largely vegetarian, but of course he had a really good protein meal from that. But um, by leaving a dead animal, that invites all other predators to the area as well. And this little guy is quite injured and so and quite underweight. So he does seem to be a pretty good target for a predator too. So we don't want to encourage that. Um, and we do want him to fatten up before hibernation or it's torpor is the, is the technical term for bears. They don't truly hibernate. But, um, but we also want him to have that trigger where there is a, a decrease in available food so that he does uh, have the instinct to enter into that state of torpor and, and go to sleep for the winter. Well, is there a window on that? I mean, if we get to a certain point, is it, is it too late? Definitely not. There is, um, because of our nice weather that we've had in Calgary and area that, uh, recently, there's lots of bears that are still awake. I know the bears at the Calgary Zoo have already gone to sleep, but uh, there are reports of grizzly bears in the area around where this little black bear is that are still active. Um, so as long as the weather's nice, then 
then they will stay active. But being a largely a vegetarian animal, they are not able to get a food source throughout the winter. So we just don't have a lot of plants available um, and, um, for, for foraging on throughout the winter months. And that's why bears have adapted to go into that torpor state where their, um, their metabolism slows down and they, and they can sleep for long periods of time. They'll wake up when uh, the weather does improve a little bit, maybe come out for a little bit out of their dens, have a little snack if they can find something. But because they're, because they're largely eating vegetation, they do have to, to stay quite inactive throughout that winter, the winter months. Well, even in a healthy state, would a bear this young be able to, to build his own den? I believe so, yes. Uh, generally, he would be with his mom still, um, so, so he would have that assistance from his mother. But instinct is strong, you know, like, like I do think we really underestimate wild animals on their, on their instinct abilities. Uh, he's definitely able to figure out what foods to eat without having his mom around, and he would be able to figure out how to do that denning process as well. However, I just don't trust that he is strong enough or in the physical um, capability of building his own den. That seems like another area where there's been some conflicting messaging in terms of whether this bear would be on his own anyway, whether the, he would still be with his mother in, in ideal circumstances, in terms of when that happens uh, in a young bear's life. What, what do we know for sure? Well, definitely we know that black bears will stay with their mom for two to three years. Um, this little individual, initially the government was reporting that he was three to four years old. Now he's the size of a coyote, so definitely that's not the case. My best guess is he's nine months old. Um, and there's a chance, though, maybe he isn't a 2017 cub. He could be a 2016 cub. But either way, he would still be with his mother. Uh, the mother will um, push those cubs away if she gets impregnated. So she doesn't want to have another cub in the den with her because they give birth in February. So she's going to be largely sleeping when that baby is born. And that, and so she doesn't want the second cub there. So if she hasn't been, if she hasn't gotten pregnant in that um, second year, then she'll keep that cub with her. And then in the third year, hopefully she gets pregnant and then the cub can move on. All right. So in the meantime, um, people should resist the impulse, not leave food out for this bear. But I guess the, the ideal situation now, as you see it, then would be to have some kind of uh, temporary shelter for this bear that we need to get folks involved. Maybe the, the Cochrane Ecological Institute, then as an example, could, could take care of this bear over the winter. Definitely. So there's also, I've been talking to some other bear biologists and, and there is concern that because he is so underweight that he actually won't go into that state of torpor hibernation right. um, because he's going to still try to get those calories. So then he would need a, a constant supply of food. Um, the, then in that situation, the very best scenario is to have him at the Cochrane Ecological Institute. Uh, there's a six-acre enclosure there waiting for him, all ready to go. Um, he, can, he can have a constant source of food if required. Um, if not required, then that food would be tapered down and he would uh, naturally then just go into that state of sleep. He would also in that situation have predator fencing around him. So other predators are going to come in and be attracted to the food sources that are left there for him. Uh, great lengths are taken uh, to avoid habituation in a rehabilitation facility. So he would have 
um, if he's on the one side of that six acre enclosure uh, hanging out, then the food would be deposited on the opposite side. So he's not seeing people providing that food. Where in the situation that he's at right now, he sees the people coming and tossing food over the fence. He approaches the fence and welcomes <laughs> welcomes the food. So, yeah. um, so then. So then we can definitely, you know, maintain that wild animal state, even though it's a captive facility uh, for a temporary period of time. And then have also the vets have a look at him, assess his condition. He could have an infection since he's still licking the wound. Off, We can put antibiotics into his food source. Things like that can be done in a very professional manner and still return this bear back into the wild. In the situation that he's left in right now, he's likely to un- likely to not survive winter. If he does survive winter, then this whole scenario is played out again in the spring. Everybody's going to be going out to that location yeah. looking for a limping bear and uh, probably providing him with food and approaching him again. So... So really, I feel that the um, the permit being issued to the Cochrane Ecological Institute is by far the best scenario for him. Well, and that's up to the province, right? The ball's in their court, as it were. 100%. And they have done this in the past. That uh, The policy that restricts and prohibits the rehabilitation of bears and many other species, pretty much all the predators, um, was introduced in 2010. It's only a policy. It is not law. The law actually is in the Wildlife Act stating that wildlife rehabbers under permit do take care of all injured and orphaned Indigenous species. So this this Schedule A, which prohibits it, is actually in contrary to the law. Uh, the loophole then to... Um, to this uh, policy is just to issue that temporary shelter permit. And they've done it lots before. I don't understand the reason not to do it now. It may be just a situation where they're, where they've let this go for so long, they're trying to save face. And if that's the situation, then I do forgive them. And I do hope that they can rectify that and just take uh, a course of right action. Now it's not too late. Let's hope so. Uh, Lisa, appreciate your insight uh, on all of this, and thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful day. All right, you too. There you go. That's uh, biologist Lisa Dahlside with the Concord Ecological Institute. They're ready to go. They're willing to step in. Uh, They can help this animal. Why, Why stand in the way of that? As she said, it's not too late, but they need to act soon. So it falls directly to the Environment Minister, Shannon Phillips. This is her department. This is her call. Time to make it. 974-8255 is our number. What do we do with this bear? And why is the province um, so frozen on this? We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.